The Compare To Podcast is part of the Spark Media Network, now available on the Edify Podcast app. Grab the Edify app in your Google Play Store or on the Apple Podcast app. You will be so glad you did. Hey, this is Danny from West Virginia. I just want to say that I'm so thankful that I signed up to do the group coaching after I read Compared to Who, a light bulb completely went off in my head and I knew that this was the help I had been searching for since I was a teenager. So I knew that I needed to know more and learn more to find freedom from my body image issues that had been been plaguing me and controlling my life for decades. I was completely enslaved by thoughts of self-obsession. I always was thinking of my size and I always, always was wanting to be thinner And I could be sent into a period of deep depression if I didn't like the number on the scale or what I saw in the mirror. And even though I was a Christian and I knew Jesus as my savior, I was serving the idol of beauty, of self, of comparison, far more than I ever served Jesus. So through the group coaching, I've just learned and grown so much and I've grown so much closer to the Lord And I've completely traded my bondage over my nonstop quest for thinness, for beauty, for approval. And now I have freedom, I have peace, I have satisfaction, and I have the tools that I need to recover from this addiction. And on top of it, I've made some awesome friends along the way, women that share my struggle. This has been truly life-changing for me, and I am forever grateful. Well, hey there, friends. Heather Creekmore here. I thought you might want to hear from one of my coaching clients from this past session who so generously said she would give a little testimonial to just let everyone know about the new freedom that she has found thanks to group coaching. If you think that coaching might be right for you, if you're kind of on the fence, hey, go ahead and reach out to me at heather at compare2.me and let me get your name down on the waiting list for this false coaching session. It just may change your life. What also may change your life is my conversation today with my friend Jennifer Hand. She just wrote a brand new book called My Yes is on the Table, and it's about moving from fear to faith. She's also a single woman who has done some incredible things all around the world as a single woman, but she desires marriage. I think you guys are going to be able to relate to Jen in so many ways as she walks us through, what do you do when you're afraid? How do you surrender to what God has in store for your life? Surrender your plans, surrender your dreams, surrender your ideals and say, yes, God, just do with me what you will. Ah! That could be a scary thing, right? But Jen and I dig into all of that today. I think you're going to really love today's show. So hey, tell a friend about it or leave a review. I appreciate both of those things. Let's get right to it. Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compare to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here, the pressure is off. 
If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Hey, Jen Han, thank you so much for being on the Compared to Who show today. Oh my goodness. I've been looking forward to this because I've met you in real life uh-huh. and had you on my podcast and I uh-huh. just immediately loved you. So I was like, this is a conversation between friends. Yes. So. We are IRL friends. Aren't yes. I hip for using that acronym? Yeah. Except for I have to think, <laughs> what does that mean? But yes, yes, you are so hip. <laughs> Call me hip too, right? I don't know if we're hip. Do we even say the word hip? I don't know. That's true. It's probably not hip to talk about being hip. My daughter is cringing somewhere right now. Um, but you have have a new book out and I can't wait to talk more about that. But I thought today it would be super fun and helpful to have a conversation about something that none of us like to talk about, but that we all deal with. Mm -hmm. And that's fear. Because your book, it's called My Yes is on the Table, is about moving from fear to faith. And you talk about the ways that you have like literally had to do that Mm -hmm. and places we're going to go today include the fact that you're single and you're traveling all over the world as a single lady (laughs) doing, doing ministry and mission stuff. Yeah. Maybe don't remind my parents that that's a big fear for them, you know? Oh, I totally hear you on that one. I mean, I'm 40 and they're still probably like, oh my goodness, I can't believe her. Yes to God is leading her there. You know? Oh, my friends. I I was recently asked to go on a missions trip to Greece. And I had my second thought about that trip was, oh, my mom probably wouldn't live through it. She'd be so I know I put my parents prayer life up, you know, really keeping them close to Jesus. Right. I I get it. I get it. But I'm excited. We're going to talk about singleness. So some of you that are listening today that like, you know, that's where you're at. I think Jen will have some encouragement for you on that front, but I think everyone listening, we all struggle with fear Mm -hmm. (sighs) and you, let me back up the bus a little bit. Because you actually go in two places that have just experienced like crazy natural phenomenon like things, places where people are really at the end of their rope mm-hmm. because they've been so surprised by the, the wet, what the weather has done to them, right? Or, you know, what, what. I don't know. I'm not a science girl, Jen, but you know, what, what's happened physically around them and to their home has left them in a place of crisis. And that's when you arrive. So Jen, first, just tell us what you do. So that, you know, some would say that I follow natural disasters or some would say they follow me. I'm not sure which other, I really, awesome. you know, it just depends. But one of my unique yeses to God um, on a journey along the way is I had lived overseas as a missionary and I actually thought I would live and die in one country, learn the language, mm-hmm. you know, did all the things wrong as a missionary, you know, gave a whole Bible study with the word fear, actually meaning uh, said it wrong. And I used the word diarrhea for a whole hour, you know, <laughs> like I, I just lived that missionary life. And um, I began to sense God calling me not just to stay in one place with one people and to come home. It was like that Abraham moment where God said go, but he didn't really give the details of 
what's next. And so I came home, got my master's in trauma counseling, and eventually um, saw that play out where Nepal, where I had lived and learned the language and knew the people, loved the place, um, had a devastating earthquake. And I watched it play out on um, CNN. And I just knew that my yes to God was going and I could speak their language in their heart and help process and train them how to debrief the trauma they had just experienced. And I remember standing on the holy ground of that suffering and just knowing that this was my new yes to God. It's just Mm -hmm. say anywhere, anytime, any place. I want to be on this holy ground of suffering to offer hope and to hear and hold people's stories. And um, my yes to God would involve just trying to bring um, trauma debriefing and light and hope um, no matter where it was, um, that I had already said yes to God. So when I get a call, I can go. And so that became, you know, I, for a while I was the earthquake girl and (laughs) just, uh, then I've done this in America with hurricanes, um, in spent time in Texas after hurricane Harvey, um, just variety of places. My yes has led me. And it's so interesting because I can't even find a my way around my hometown. So the fact that God is taking me on these journeys is really him teaching me to move from fear to faith because uh, you never know what's going to happen in a country you've never been to or a place you've never been before. And um, he shows up. Yeah. Okay. So you keep saying my yes, my yes, my yes. And that's what you talk about in the book a little bit. What, what does that really mean though, Jen? Like, did you just like pray the prayer of surrender? Like, okay, whatever you have, God, yes. And like, how, how did you get to a place where you feel so free with your yes? Because I'm sure someone listening today is like, I can say yes in a couple areas, <laughs> but a blank check kind of yes. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm right there with the listener that's thinking that, you know, and so I don't want to come across as this, like, I have no fear. And I wrote this book about faith to come down and speak to you. No, I'm right there alongside of you. We all have the same table that we put our yes on um, of fear and trepidation. And what yes has meant to me is a daily surrender on a Monday, Monday, when yes involves loving my upstairs neighbor who also controls my heat and air and um, who sometimes really likes to stay up late with their surroundings sound, you know, and just my yes involves like, um, not knocking on the upstairs with a broomstick, you know? Um, (laughs) and then sometimes my yes to God is I will show up in Mozambique tomorrow. And so what I, what the journey God took me on is I was actually, I'll never forget. I was floating in a pool dog sitting because that's what single girls do. I don't even really love dogs, but you can paint a lot, you know? And um, oh, um, I'm yeah, so sorry. I, I don't have a dog, but there was a season where I was dog sitting all the time, right? Um, so I was floating in a pool. I had been reading the book Anything by Jenny Allen, and she talks about praying a prayer, anything, Lord. And I was just like, Lord, I've already said my anything. I'm living on faith. I have a nonprofit that I started in 2012. My bank account tells me that I have surrendered, uh, you know, and um, I've done anything that you've asked me to. And the Lord's like, Will you surrender your heart, your fears, your hopes, your dreams, your plans? And you may have thought you've said anything, but this is really open your hands and saying, here I am. (laughs) Here's my heart, my head, my eyes, my mouth, my, you know, and so I wrote out the word yes in big letters and I actually put it on a table and that's where this, uh, the, my yes is on the table because God began to show me, this is a daily surrender. And will you already have your yes down? So whatever I ask you, wherever I lead you, you will go. 
but not always uh, unafraid. Let's be real. Oftentimes full of fear, but like not letting fear stop you. Right. Yeah. I love that. And you said my eyes, my lips, but my show's pretty specific for women who struggle with body image. Mm-hmm. And one of the messages that I try to communicate here is that not being afraid that surrender has to also include my abs and my arms mm-hmm. and my stomach and my thighs, right? Like what yes. is to surrender our bodies and, and really, you know, for my audience, our body image, what we think about our bodies to him as well. So oh, yes, I actually talk about my journey with that. in um, I think it's chapter 10, you know, you kind of forget when you've written uh-huh. a book, it's, you know, it's in there. Um, but I share, I always struggled with body image, um, always been a little, uh, once I hit high school, you know, not the size that is acceptable in the world's eyes. And the enemy would try to tell me things like, I mean, that's why you're still single, which I have, I'm telling you, the enemy used that for so long until one day I have to tell you, Heather, I have an identical twin sister, identical, who has been married now for um, 16 years. And one day it hit me. We are identical twins. The enemy (laughs) cannot use that lie anymore to tell me I'm single because there's something wrong with my physical, the way God made me. Um, And so I just want to encourage you that the enemy will try to to just really stick his lies to you, but just to fight back with truth. Song of Solomon 4, 7, which says you are altogether beautiful, my love. There is no flaw in you. And yet also part of my yes was learning to not hide behind. Um, I can use food to numb me. I can use when I'm feeling vulnerable, look, I, and I feel bad even saying this because launching a book is like walking into a room naked. So I will say the past month, I've not been the best. So I'm speaking to myself, you know, um, but as a speaker and a writer, I would go to a, a, a conference where I spoke and if I felt like I did great, I'd hit the snack room and like celebrate with, and there's nothing wrong with that. But when you're trying to feed your soul, or if I felt like, oh, that bombed, I would feed my soul with the brownies and the checks mix and the, you know, and God took me on a journey. Will you part of your ESP offering what you put in your mouth and um, eating whole and healthy to fuel you? Um, and yes, that involves some feasting sometimes, but, and then um, I, went on this journey where part of my yes to God was becoming a certified um, fitness instructor, which was the craziest yes, Heather, because I was the girl in middle school that was told, just sit on the bleachers. You're too fat. You will never um, be fit. And so fighting through those lies in front of big giant mirrors (laughs) and having to to be certified in this was a huge yes to trust. Don't let fear stop you. Um, Let's let faith transform what you view about the way I made you. Yeah. Hey friend, are you sick and tired of stressing over your body? Are you to the point where you are ready to do something? Okay, you've tried all the diets, you've tried all the wellness programs, you've tried all the exercise programs, and you still aren't comfortable in your own skin. My friend, we need to work together. Now, let me be clear, this isn't a magic pill you're going to take. It's not another diet. But in my group coaching sessions, I try to put you on a path 
to freedom that you can continue to walk for the rest of your life. We have such a great time in group coaching. I bring women together and hopefully in a lot of cases, they've been able to stay friends after the group sessions are over. So you leave group coaching, not with just with a renewed sense of who you are in Christ and how to overcome your body image issues, but also with friends to walk along beside you as you continue to walk this path going forward. I hope you'll consider group coaching. If you want to know more, go to comparedyou.me and go to the coaching tab and you can find out all about it. Sessions start in September, so sign up soon. I know it's going to fill up. So head on over to comparedyou.me, look for the coaching tab and sign up today. I'm excited for the chance to work with you. Well, you know, I'm a fitness instructor. I used to be as well. So I do then. And it's funny how I think the whole probably shouldn't overgeneralize, but a lot of people that go into being a fitness instructor, come into it with insecurities that they think that being a fitness instructor will fix those insecurities. And then you get in that room with all those other people who are <laughs> trying to look better than everyone else and all those mirrors and, oh, it's a, it's a crazy making scenario. So yeah. yes, for me, it was a healing though of God mm-hmm. showing yeah. me his truth and to keep yeah. showing up. And that's what I've learned about fear. It's not, I mean, every time I showed up to that 500 hours of training, I was afraid. <laughs> Yeah. And I wanted to shrink back and yeah. I almost quit, especially when the first day the lady told me, you'll never make it as an instructor. You'll be lucky to teach community class, wow. which I ended up doing and loving, um, <laughs> still doing now. Um, but I wanted to shrink back and yeah. I wanted to hide. And I felt every one of those lies amplified and yeah. yelling at me. But the truth God was calling me to was freedom and to call others to freedom and to move and believe Psalms 139 that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. So goodness, I showed up on that matter parade. And yeah. so I want to encourage you if God is uh, working in this area in your life, um, it feels very vulnerable, but keep yeah. showing up even afraid. Yeah. And, yeah. So how do you show up afraid? What well, I think like? the first thing is acknowledge the fear because we try mm-hmm. to push it down. We try to pretend we can, I, I mean, I, a thousand different ways. I'm a seven on the Enneagram. If you follow that, like, I just want to have fun, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, I don't want any pain. Um, so it's easy to pretend that we don't have fear, but fear will stop us every time if we're not acknowledging it. And, Mm -hmm. um, it can play out in big ways or small ways. And as a therapist, like I know, um, that fear is a natural response. It can be good, but when you get stuck in fight flight, um, you know, freeze Freeze. because Mm -hmm. of a fear, Um, you can just stay in that heightened awareness where you begin to push away others. You begin to not experience life. And um, so the first step is acknowledging the fear and running to God with that fear. Um, I love how the Bible tells us like all the emotions are portrayed in often prayers, you know, like I believe help my unbelief. Um, So the father who wanted his son healed. And um, so, and even Jesus, when he was in the garden of Gethsemane, he was like, okay, I want your will, not my will, but yours. But if you'd be willing, take this cup for me. So I think it's acknowledging is the first step. Okay. Um, And then um, running to the one we're acknowledging our fear to. Like in Joshua 1, 9, Joshua is told, be strong and courageous. And then this is the key for I am with you. And I believe God was not condemning his fear, but coming alongside of him and reminding him he was walking with him through the fear. 
And just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who did not bow down to the gods um, in the book of Daniel, they had to go in the fire. And when they went in the fire, it says that they were not alone. That Um, and they walked out without even smelling like smoke. And, um, yeah. so I want to remind you, listener, I'm reminding myself even two weeks post book launch where I'm like, is it even doing any good? You know, what do people think? What if, you know, my fear of rejection, hello. Right. Um, okay. uh, but, but running to God with that fear and yeah. then letting him come alongside of me and offer his presence to me and then taking the faith step instead of the fear stop. Yeah. I, that's a really a good point. In that, I think a lot of times when we feel like we need to pray for faith or just pray against our fear or pray to be more bold and courageous, right? I think mentally we think about that as like revving ourselves up, right? Mm-hmm. Like I need to, I need to be brave. I need to be bold. I need to be strong because and maybe it's just me, but I think because then I see myself going at it alone. Right. Yeah. And, and I love, so that's such a good point. It's almost like, this is the illustration that's coming to my mind. This is how my crazy brain works, but it's like the kid being scared of sleeping in the room alone. Yeah. Right. And, and you like, you go talk to your parents and the parents say, there's no monsters in the room. There's nothing to be scared of. Just go back to the room, just go afraid and fall asleep. Right. And that's kind of, I think the perspective that I too often take on life, but that's not really what it is, is faith with faith. It's going to your parents' room and having, having dad and mom say, no, there's nothing to be afraid of in your room. And then having dad or mom walk back with you to your room and sleep on the bed beside you. Yes. <laughs> like that's, that's really what it is. That's the picture. Oh, I love that picture. So, I love that. I mean, imagine you're Joshua and you first of all, I have to take over from Moses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I would be afraid. What if I'm not as good as him? What if the right. people don't like me as much as him? Um, and those people are crazy, up, man. Yeah. They do all kinds <laughs> of crazy things. <laughs> uh, and then I'm going to be the one leading the people into this promised land that they've been talked about for years. And yeah, we're not there yet. And so um, that's why I feel like the book of Joshua is such a good example of how to move from fear stops to faith steps, because that's what they did. And, uh, and once you're in the promised land, then you got to possess it. And that's the reminder too. It's a daily surrender because, um, what I don't feel afraid of on Monday by Friday, I could be afraid. Right. of. <laughs> right. Okay. So talk to me about possessing the promised land. What does that look like? What do you mean by so that? I, um, in Joshua 18, the, now I've had the blessing of going to Israel and being on the other side, looking on Mount Nebo, where Moses looked into the promised land and didn't get to go in. So I've seen both. And um, in Joshua 18, it talks about they're at Shiloh, which is where the tabernacle is. It's where you can look out and just see out into the promised land. And it still looks today very much like it would have been. And um, it says in Joshua 18, and this, I mean, this rocked my world. I did not go to the promise to Israel and think, oh, I really want to visit Shiloh. You know, I was more like, I want to go to the garden tomb and to the nativity and, you know, but Shiloh, God rocked my world. And it says, how long we go off putting off, how long we put off going in to take possession of the land, which the Lord, your God of your fathers has given you. Mm -hmm. And I wrote beside this, the land was subdued, yet they didn't want to go take the promised land. How long will you put off? And for me, it is a daily, okay, I'm saying yes to you, God. Um, I'm going to take this face step, but what does actually like, 
experiencing the promises you have for me, the places you have planned for me, the things you have appointed for me look like. And beside that, I wrote believe, risk, trust. Mm -hmm. And that's what it really is, is being willing to believe, risk, trust. And in that place is where Hannah prayed, Mm. poured out her longings and her hearts to God in Shiloh. She wanted a child and it can be scary to want to hold hope in the outcomes of God, because can we really trust the goodness of God? And Mm -hmm. so for me, possessing the land is believing, risking, and trusting both in prayer and in action. And some days I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. And other days I'm like, take me back to the Jordan river. I want to go back, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think when I, when I hear all that, I think about, it's a C.S. Lewis quote um, from the weight of glory where he talks about how we are children making mud pies in the slum. Yes. You know which quote I'm talking about? I love we are, We're children making mud pies in the slum and our father, now I'm butchering C.S. Lewis, but our father has <laughs> I don't like, think he'll, I don't think he'll care. He won't mind. He won't but, mind. Like our father has a grand like beach vacation mm-hmm. for us. And, and I bring that up because I think for some people, especially in my audience, the promised land, well, let me rephrase that. A fake promised land has been sold to us. Mm. We've been told if you can just get the body, mm-hmm. if you can just reach your goal weight, if you can just, you know, get the house you've always dreamed of, or the family you've always dreamed of, or if you can just get this or this or this or this then that's your promised land. And then what happens when you get to that fake promised land is you're still not satisfied and you're still wondering like, well, boy, I got a good house, but you know, it's going to be outdated in 10 years. And my neighbor's house is still better than mine. And you know, all of those comparison thoughts. Right. And it's the wrong promised land. Yeah. Right. Like, so the promised land that you're talking about is a different kind of place. It's Mm -hmm. not about things or it's obviously not about money, (laughs) right? Yeah. Like it's, it's about something much bigger. Well, what that promised land represented was freedom. And that's what it really is. That is the key. That is our promised land is being free yeah. to know who we are in Christ, to know that the promise maker is the promise keeper, um, yeah. to know that he is a good shepherd and he's guiding us and we don't have to strive, uh, but we get to right. like join him and his glory being right. in our story. Um, freedom is what the promised land represented then in an actual yeah. place. Right. And now in our actual person, like what God right. wants to do is free us from sin, from shame, from uh, bondage to anything that is trying to satisfy other than him. So, yeah. yeah. Sorry. I got preachy there. I got to no. Hey, no. <laughs> preach it. It's good. Well, yes, because for anyone who's not familiar with the story, right. They were slaves in Egypt. Mm-hmm. And so God took them out of slavery and brought them into an, the promised land. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's an illustration that we've used on the show before is that 
you know, we can be in such bondage to body image issues, to comparison issues. And they are, it is literal bondage. It is literal slavery when that voice in your head that tells you, you should be thinner or you could do better. Or, you know, if you just did this, then this in your life would work out kind of like, you know, like you shared the, the, the lie that the enemy fed you, that if you looked different, then you would be married, uh-huh. right? Like the, it, it's all, it's all part of that package of the slavery mm-hmm. that we can be so stuck in. And the freedom is not freedom when we get things or hit that milestone, get the, if part of the, if, if, when yeah. equation, it's, it's really freedom in Christ. Go ahead. I love to, if you notice, like, it's so easy to compare our promised land with somebody else's and to think mm. their promised land is better. That's yeah. the promised land for me. And, um, but you find in Joshua, um, I, and I think often people skip over this part. I'm not going to lie. I did too, because a lot of the chapters in the middle are just like describing where the tribes were to go. Uh-huh. And, but I think God put that in there to remind us that each person has been placed in where he has them. What uh-huh. is their position in the land? You know, the inheritance mm-hmm. for, I can't even say all these names, but I'll uh-huh. butcher it. But in Joshua 19, you have the inheritance for Zebulun and Issachar and inheritance of Asher and inheritance of Dan. Each one of them was a place just marked out for them yeah. by God. And, um, I know my story has looked very different. My yes to God is completely different than my identical twin who has the same DNA same everything's you know different or the same except for our fingerprints um but my yes story my uh, what god has marked out as my promised land is so radically different than hers and what if i just got stuck comparing you know i would miss what and and i it's so easy to do to look to somebody else's promised land yeah well so is this the dream you had for your life jen like is this what you saw yourself doing someday you know what? I, it's, it's like a mixture because I did dream. I remember as a kid making kids, once I accepted that Jesus loved me at eight years old, I fell in love with my precious moments Bible. And it was pink. Yes. I, I love that. And I would make my friends come to Bible club. And I remember even then wanting to teach God's word. Like mm-hmm. I just knew. Um, and so it, it does feel like my, I'm living my dream, but it looks differently than I would have probably expected or planned, especially like I opened my book with talking about how I expected to have a missionary offering named after me because I was going to live and die in another country. And here Mm -hmm. I am, I am still in Tennessee where I grew up, you know, Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, so I want to kind of transition and we're going to get ready for part two of the show, but let's just, let's kind of start the conversation and then we'll, we'll see where we go in the second part of this episode. But I know that doing all of this as a single woman requires a different kind of faith, I think. Yes. Yeah. I mean, well, I will pause and say I've never done it not as one. Well, (laughs) so um, I only know it this version. Um, but it all, I, I'm going to say this cautiously because it really doesn't all depend on me, but at times it can feel overwhelming because it all depends on me. Like I don't have someone else's income to fall back on. I don't have someone to, um, fix things when things get broken, you know? And so as a single, um, living on faith, I imagine is a little bit different than a married woman living on faith. Again, this is all I know, Um, but um, from, yes, it definitely has its, um, you 
the, the buck stops here, <laughs> you right. know? Right. So did you, did you ever have a desire for marriage? You know, I do now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and of course college, you know, like you think you're going to get married right out of college, but then I went to the mission field and loved it and love, love, love what I get to do. I, I want to say for the Lord, but really it's not, it's like, I just feel so honored that he allows me to do this work. Yeah. Um, and so for years, actually, I was like, I think I'll be fine being single and kind of expected Especially because one thing, people don't know what to say to a single person. So once you reach a certain age, um, they just say anything that they can think of. And Mm -hmm. I try to give them lots of grace. And I get told all the time, well, you couldn't do what you do if you had a husband. And I just Mm -hmm. want to encourage you, listener, if you're married, don't say that to someone. um, (laughs) Because who knows if that's true or not? Yeah. Uh, But that, to me, feels very... Uh, shaming, like, oh, uh, okay. So if I ever have a desire for marriage, then that's saying I don't desire my God-sized dream, and that's not true, right, you know. Right. Um, so, but I would say yeah. over the past few years, God reignited in me to, to be real and admit that I do have a longing. I'm an extrovert. I love people. I do, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily love that I, especially in 2020, have to go to an apartment alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm at the age where I don't want a roommate because women mm-hmm. want a nest and I don't want another. I'm not in college anymore. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the next roommate I want to have, I want to be married and sleeping in a yeah. bed with. Yeah, <laughs> <You know? laughs> absolutely. Uh, I love that, Jen. Okay. So you're going to help us in the next episode. So come back for part two, because I want to know what these things are. We shouldn't be saying a single woman, but I want to, <laughs> I want to, no, I want to go there because it is, it's awkward to figure out what to say, to be encouraging, Hmm. how not to say the wrong thing. And yeah. And, but, but I want to explore what, what those heart things are. Hmm. So I can be an encouragement to my single friends too. So come back for the next episode and we'll talk more. Before you go, if something from today's show blessed you, may I ask a huge favor? Leave a review on your favorite platform. Seeing your five-star reviews is a huge encouragement to me. Not sure how to do it? You can go to comparetowho.me slash podcast, scroll to the bottom, and you'll find all the information. And while you're at comparetowho.me, check out some of the more than 500 articles on there about body image, comparison, all the things you're thinking about. Plus, you can find out more about my books, or you can grab a time for a free 10-minute call to see if coaching is right for you. I'm so honored to be a part of your journey out of body image and comparison frustration. And I can't wait to hear how God is working to set you free. Hey friend, would you check out the date on that episode you just listened to? Yeah, it's been a minute. 
Listening to old podcasts is almost like reading my diary from several years ago. In some cases, it's even a little embarrassing. So instead of listening straight through season by season, can I encourage you to skip ahead? I release brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you're not sure where to start, you can go to improvebodyimage.com, find the Start Here button, and I've got several episodes listed and categorized so you can find the topics that are of most interest to you. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey. What happens when a writer and former history teacher goes toe-to-toe with his best friend, a nationally touring stand-up comedian? Total carnage, that's what. Two men enter and two men leave because that's how it works. (laughs) Actually, you get hilarious, real, and insightful conversations about life, history, culture, faith, and everything in between. Join me, comedian Johnny W., and my pal, author, and speaker John Driver for Talk About That at lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.